Welcome wrestling fans, friends, family, and foes. It's time for another episode of Talking Wrestling on NSN Never Sleeps Network. I am your host, Casey Corbin. Thank you for clicking in and begin, and I absolutely love that you're joining us. I'm very excited today. I got a great guest. More on him in a bit, folks. Oh, I got to tell you, folks, I am enjoying the summer, and it is hot, and uh, I'm, I'm taking in a lot of wrestling, man, uh, whether it's the WWE coming to town or whether it's the indies, the Toronto indie scene, which has great uh, wrestling leagues like Super Kicked and Smash Wrestling. Uh, I've been taking in those shows. And uh, to be honest, since taking it on to this podcast, I've really been making an effort to get out there to see more local wrestling, you know, because it's kind of funny because as a comedian, I've always been like, why don't more people come out and support comedy? Well, you know, take the interest, you know, and I figure if I have that attitude towards comedy, wrestlers probably have that same attitude towards wrestling why are more people showing up we've got such a great product we're so awesome so i'm starting to make more of an effort to get out to the indie shows in toronto and get to know my local scene and who the wrestlers are and hopefully by doing this i will add more guests on talking wrestling because i can't talk about what it's like to be in the ring i did a commercial one time when i was playing part of a mass tag team and it wasn't very realistic because I'm not in shape. And my tag team partner was Damon Schritter under the mask. Of course, shout out to Damon. But if you've seen Damon, you know it's Damon because he's pretty scrawny and the, and the Greyhound tattoo will give it away. Uh, aside from that, I've always thought wrestling and comedy were similar. So that's why I'm taking the, this podcast with the same attitude that I approach my comedy uh, with a passion and a love for it. And I just want to get better. I just want to have great shows. And I want you to continue listening. Uh, do me a favor. Hit that uh, review thing. You know, on iTunes, the rate, review, subscribe. Do one or do all three. Just do one at least. If you want to do two or three, Meatloaf says that's not bad. But I, I'd really like all three, uh, especially the subscribe. Uh, so please do that. And remember, hey, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at the uh, at TNWpod. And on Instagram, which is weird because my Instagram for talking wrestling, the show has been blowing up. We've had over like 40 followers just add to us last night. I don't know what's going on, but I'm happy with it. That's Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. And if you have an email to drop to us, you want to give us a show idea, you want to ask us anything, uh, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. So, folks, it's uh, it's time to get down to it. I got a great host. I got a great, well, host he is a host today uh he's one of canada's top comedians he's absolutely fabulous he's a he's a regular on cbc debaters uh and you you've heard him most likely on his podcast he's one of the co-hosts of uh stop podcasting yourself and uh he's here with me today uh graham clark how are you doing graham thanks for coming on the show i'm doing all right thanks for having me casey excellent excellent and graham is in town he's just recently coming off of a very successful string of plays at the Toronto Fringe Festival, and I saw the play, and it was fantastic. Uh, Graham Clark's not here. Yeah, thanks and, for coming. Yeah, and uh, for those of you wondering what it's about, well, it, you have to go see it. But basically, uh, don't expect to see Graham. That's all I'm going to say, because <laughs> the title is very factual. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But so the title is called Graham Clark's Not Here. But I assure you people, he is here in studio today. All right. I'm just going to tell you that I'm looking at him right now. And I'm looking at you. Yes. And he's as beautiful as ever. (laughs) Uh, Graham and I, uh, we are acquaintances. Uh, We both crossed each other on the comedy roads. He runs a great room in Vancouver at uh, called the Laugh Gallery at the Havana, uh, which is it's not even the room. It's like a little theater. It's like a little tiny theater. And I love it. And I love the vibe it has. I like that you give the guests gifts. Um, <laughs> I like that it's just there and you're just on. Oh, I just I think it's a great room. But Vancouver has such a good scene and there's like lots of little great rooms like that. Yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky in Vancouver. We've, we've got rooms and we've got people that come out and watch yeah. shows. Yeah. I do enjoy going to Vancouver. Um, it's actually one of my favorite towns to play. The last time I was there, I was at the Mix. Oh, yeah. And I headlined the Mix, but I was getting heckled all through the show. The whole show was getting heckled by this one guy. Is this was, a Friday, Friday was, late? No, Saturday late. Saturday late. Oh, no, okay. no. It was Friday late. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It was, because I remember I had to go back the next night, and I was not happy about going back. I was worried. Yeah. So what happened was there was this uh, a guy who's a part of a party that's 30 people. And he, underneath everybody's jokes, like after the joke would hit, the laugh would be there, you'd hear, say something funny. And he just kept doing, he did through uh, Tamar uh, Kitan and Charlie Demers. He did it through their set, sort of. And we just kind of, it's underneath. Not everybody can hear it. Right. So you can't yeah. really react to it. You don't give him that attention that he wants. Because then you look like a maniac. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So with three minutes left in of my set, everything had a great set. Everything's going well. It's such a great club. And then I just couldn't take it anymore. Right. Like, say something funny. It was like maybe the fourth time he'd said it to me. Yeah. And I was like, you want me to say something funny? I've been saying something funny all night. But you kept saying something funny, something funny. So you want to hear something funny? I'll give you something funny. (laughs) That's all you're going to get. And everybody can thank this guy for something funny. Oh, wow. And then I said, something funny, something funny, (laughs) something funny. And I look at my watch. I'm like, you got three minutes of this. Something funny. No way. Something funny. (laughs) And then I was like, something funny. And then I started feeling like a little like Andy Kaufman. Right, yeah, yeah. I was like, something funny. I'm doing a little dance. I'm like, hey, (laughs) what do you want to hear, person? And before they could answer, I pulled the mic back. I'm like, something funny. (laughs) And then it got to the point where I walked backstage and Charlie and uh, and Tamar, they're looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, something funny, <laughs> something funny. So now I'm not even on the stage. You're like, well, Casey's lost it. And then I, I, I said something funny and I held my hand out and I did a mic drop. Oh, wow. And then I was like, what have I done? I've, <laughs> I've never done a mic drop. I'm not a mic drop person. I'm not successful <laughs> enough to do a mic drop. I'm not Kevin Hart. <laughs> How did that go over, the mic drop? I immediately hid after the show. <laughs> and I hid from uh, the manager. And yeah. I was embarrassed that I did it. And I lost my cool. And uh, you, were, you were caught up in the in the moment. Right? Yeah, and it's like it's a it's like a happening, you know, mm-hmm. like oh, this is the only time we're going to see this guy. This guy's melting yeah, down. Yeah, like that's a phenomena the in comedy uh, where there's the meltdown set, yeah. where where somebody's had 
whatever's gone on in their life or their day or whatever. And then they get on stage and something I've seen a bunch of them. I'm sure you have. Oh, as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, oh, uh oh, like this person's spiraling, spinning out yeah. and it's going crazy. And uh, it's like it's like seeing a, an eclipse. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's like a natural, beautiful phenomenon. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I was so upset. Yeah, I was so upset. And then the waitress comes back. She's like, somebody wants to talk to you. I was like, who? It's like, it's a woman. And I was like, oh, maybe it's somebody I know. Right. So I go, oh, this woman, I just want to thank you for the show and thank you for humiliating my husband. He deserves it. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. You need to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, what? I was like, look it, you need to leave. I was like, your husband ruined my night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, not only that, a lot of people came here to see me and they didn't get the jokes they wanted because they didn't get a good closing joke. Yeah, but I feel like people think in comedy that that's part of going out to see comedy. Is but that what you if, get to yell stuff out. And, yeah, well, this, you know, like, can you imagine in wrestling if somebody kept telling Hogan he sucked and he just did not do the leg drop? <laughs> he just pins him after a body slam and then does no posing and leaves. Everybody would be like... What the fuck is that? But, you know, wrestling has, it's like the the heckling is built in. That is built into the culture yes. and you're starting chants. And it's like going to a baseball game and yelling at the pitcher or whatever. But it's more fun yeah. because everybody knows what they're trying to get in the head of the wrestler. And, and he's going to react, too, which yeah. is so much fun oh my oh that's a good thing is like i do like heckling at baseball games especially if you're sitting down low mm-hmm. so one time i was at a this has nothing to do with wrestling but it's sort of funny one time i was at a jays game with john Dore, and we were sitting there and we were pretty low so i was yelling out at the outfielder and he i was yelling like, you know heckles you suck and blah 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 and this and this and that but then there was this guy three rows in front of us and he had a special olympic shirt on and uh i realized quickly he was a special olympian right yeah and uh and not only that he shot put he was a shot putter so he's a, a strong a beefy dude yeah a beefy yeah. Uh, <laughs> guy with some down with the syndrome right and um so anyways I noticed that after once I was yelling at this guy, he would turn around and shush me. Like oh, yeah. he would be like, shh. And like, you can't see the face I'm doing, but it's an, it's an, it's a pretty funny face. Trust me. So I, he's shushing me. And then John said, why have you stopped heckling that guy? I was like, oh, because there's a special Olympian up there. And he keeps turning around and shushing me and giving me like the evil eye. Yeah, like I'm gonna shut put you yeah. into the sun. Kind and I of don't deal. want that because no, no, you no. don't know which one has that strength. You know they. Well, I assume if he's a if he's a shot putter, he's then he's got strong. he's got strength. So this is a, this is a strong young man. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. So John's like, how many times has he shushed you? I'm like four. And then John's like. Oh, I have to see this. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to push him. I don't want to push him. No. So he started yell. So he started yelling, and then all of a sudden, John sees it and he can't stop laughing. And then uh, the next thing you know, I did it four more times. And you're lucky you're still alive to tell this story. I know. And then I realized as I'm telling this story, this doesn't paint John in a good light. He's no. just <laughs> laughing at the guy. Yeah. And he's uh, pushing me to antagonize. Yeah. An Olympian, nonetheless. 
Yeah, one of uh, one of the best of us. Yes, I would say. I would say too. So I'll just ask you this now: When was your earliest moment of, uh, of of like what's your earliest memory of wrestling that you remember, and what was the moment where you decided that you liked wrestling? I think my earliest memory of wrestling because I grew up. We both grew up in Alberta. Right? Did you grow up in Ontario? No, I'm from Ontario. I'm oh, from I outside were... of Ottawa. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you were, for some reason, I Comedically, you were... I grew up in Alberta because I spent a lot of time touring there. Yeah, I used yeah, to go yeah. there like sometimes three times a year. Yeah, I would. I just always associated you with Alberta. My apologies. That's no problem. Um, anyways, I grew up in Calgary. Yeah. So every Saturday, or yeah, every Saturday afternoon after uh, Saturday morning cartoons, would be the WWF kind of like on the road. Yeah. Uh, they would wrestle, you know, jobbers, right? Yeah, superstars. Yeah. yeah, superstars, exactly. And then that was followed by an hour of Stampede Wrestling. Yeah. So we would watch both. And uh, Stampede Wrestling was very basic, yeah. you know, like the way that it was shot. And it was... Um, the commentator was the same guy who did the Calgary Flames games. Yeah, Ed uh, Whalen. Ed Whalen, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so that was like watching that on Saturday afternoon was my first kind of memory. And just knowing that this was the, you know, the WWF one was the big show. Yeah. And then this Calgary one, that was just down the road. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that was happening in a place that I had been and happened every Saturday, I guess they recorded yeah, the it. Yeah, the corral. Yeah, yeah. That's where they taped. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it was like, it was cool because, you know, it felt like, oh, here's the famous thing. And also there's this indie thing. So I was aware of that dynamic yeah. early. That there's the big time show, but then there's also like, where do those guys come from? Well, they come from this yeah, the, show. Like the feeder leagues. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so I remember watching that and, and just like loving the costumes, loving the characters, loving the, the you know, it's for a kid, it's catnip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, uh, everything's great about it. Yeah. And it used to be like, there was superstars the way it used to be, like, especially if you... You know, everything changed. Well, things started to change when Saturday Night's main event started airing. That's right. when they started airing competitive matches. Yeah, yeah. This That's right. Because on the... These were always... It would just be... Just candy. Uh, yeah. Squash matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now they call them... Yeah. Because times are politically correct now. They're no longer called jobbers. They're now enhancement performers. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. That's, uh, I should I should check myself. There. No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm like, <laughs> don't you dare call them jobbers. <laughs> That's the last thing they want is a job. <laughs> no, but it's so funny. Like, I remember in high school, you would go to a Superstars taping. I went to two Superstars taping. And they do five episodes of squash matches. So, oh, okay. So, they'll do five episodes. So, you get like... And then one night we got like two funeral parlor segments and then we got like three interviews with Mean Gene or whoever Bobby Heenan or whoever was doing the interview right. on the platform. You know, I remember uh, the feud that I saw them start was Jake the Snake versus The Undertaker where he slammed his hand in the casket in the funeral parlor. I remember that. I, that was in Ottawa. The Ric Flair's first appearance in the WWE, that was in Ottawa where he oh, hit wow. Piper with the belt. I was there for that. But then it was just like, oh, you get those moments of greatness. And then it's just squash match after squash match after squash match. But when I'd watch it on TV, I always felt like it was like an infomercial. 
You know, it's like, oh, come, yeah. it's like, it's like, cause it'd be like, watch the road warriors now yeah, and beat up nobody. But when you come to our card at the Belleville Plaza, um, the road warriors are facing demolition, oh, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, oh my God, you want to go see the matches? So I always felt like, uh, WWE was like, buy, they just bought their spot as, and they just treated like a paid advertisement, mm-hmm. you know, because really they didn't give anything away for free. Sometimes you had one competitive match at the end that was like a mid card match that you'd never thought would, who cares? Yeah. You never saw Hogan. Would, there was sometimes there would be an interference. Somebody was wrestling an enhancement performer and then <laughs> another star would come in at the end and kind of screw up the match for them or steal the belt or, yeah. you know, throw salt in their eye or whatever. And that, that was as close as you got for free on a Saturday was seeing, Oh, like them in the same proximity. Yeah. And yeah. throwing salt in a person's eyes has to be assault in some sort of way. It's literally assault. Yeah. I think it's a plethora of assaults, <laughs> but <laughs> a wide uh, yeah. variety. I think that's correct. It was just like one big ad. And they also would advertise like toys and they would advertise the hotline. (laughs) Get your parents, get your parents permission. I never got my parents permission. Nobody got their parents permission (laughs) to call a hotline. What was, what do you think was on that hotline? What do you think? Like, was it just pre-recorded? He pre-recorded messages from like mean gene or something like that. Oh, that would be he'd so be like, depressing as like, a kid. The Rougeos are, are going to have some trouble <laughs> against but the Bulldogs this week. As a kid, you get permission from your parents to make this phone call, and then it's just Mean Gene? Just recordings of Mean Gene? Yeah, probably. Oh, that would stink. Oh, dude. <laughs> but it's the idea of it. Like, I remember in grade six, you could phone the space shuttle. And you could phone in and listen to what's going on in the space shuttle up in space. I don't remember this at all. What? You could really? Like, yeah. And, it was you, a, and you just, just hear, feed? you would just hear a feed of like noises going on in the space shuttle Columbia. Cool. At the time. Maybe not Columbia. Maybe Enterprise. Columbia sure. was the one that, you know, I think. Uh, I don't. I, yeah. I don't, yeah. Uh, I don't. So, but yeah, this was like when the first Canadian mark. Was it Mark Arnold? I think he went into space right. and on one of these space shuttle missions. And that's when it was. Cause I remember we were phoning from our classroom. We had a phone in our classroom and you would just hear like what, like beeps and beeps and people talking like just science mumbo jumbo. Cool. But you're like, they're, on the, there's a, they're in space, you know? Like, yeah, it's very, it was kind of mind blowing, but now it's like, how real is this? Also, it's very quaint because now you could watch you know, like you could have like a live well, now, you know, web stream. Look at the or dude, whatever. the colonel, Canadian guy that plays the guitar from space. Oh, uh, Commander Hatfield? Yeah, I'm sick of that guy <laughs> pimping out his space shit, <laughs> riding that space wave of success. He's, he was at the U2 concert on a big screen. Like singing with U2? Just hanging out wow. at the concert. I'm here in space. I don't know. I thought you lived in Kitchener. You're right. He's really making the most of that space oh uh, yeah because <laughs> uh yeah like there's no other astronaut that got to go on stage with you two or hang out with the barenegade ladies or anything like this or rush or any of these bands that love space he must have like a really good publicist maybe that's all it is maybe that's the difference between him and like every other astronaut 
Because who? What other astronauts can you name besides like, Buzz Aldrin? Yeah, Buzz Aldrin. But that's it. Armstrong, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Those are all yeah, the astronauts. That's pretty much it. <laughs> People don't think of Han Solo as an astronaut, which is weird because he flies a spaceship through space. That's true, but but, but he's a scoundrel. Is he a human? Uh, no. Yeah, what he's is alien, that? technically. Technically, right? There's never been any reference that he's from Earth. And same with Luke Scott. Well, like I always just take it for granted that they're humans, but But maybe humans maybe humans are at that point throughout the galaxy. I, it's never really explained. No, it's never really explained. But I, like you think of uh, Luke Skywalker, you're like, he's a Jedi. Yes. But who what is Han Solo? He's not a Jedi. He's no. just He's some, a gangster. He's some weird alien guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we cleared this up. Well, yeah. And all, all this time, I thought Chewbacca was the weird one. Turns out Han Solo's the weird one because nobody knows what the fuck he is. Yeah, because there's more guys like Chewbacca in, like, when they go into the cantina or wherever they go, there's more, like, alien guys yes. than there are guys like Han Solo. Han Solo is, like, the weirdest of the weird. Totally. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, yes. But, of course, so, so then it was like, the only thing that's sad about uh, the cantina scene in Star Wars, the original one, is that it was B. Arthur's day off and she wasn't working the bar that day. <laughs> because it's like, oh, there's Hammerhead and Snaggletooth and then there's Maud. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't she sing the song? Of course she yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, Max Rebo's <laughs> on, on, on the keys in the background and there's there's uh, Blanche. No, she's not Blanche. No, Dorothy, Dorothy. Dorothy, please. Dorothy, sorry. Blanche is a slut, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yes. Yeah. 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 So that so that's cool that you got to grow up in Stampede. I remember my first time going out to Calgary. I was like, oh my God, I'm in Calgary. I'm in Stampede, like country. Yeah. Like I remember it was such a big deal. And then I was lucky enough at the, at the end of my tour, the last night, there was a Stampede was, uh, in, this is in 90, 99, and Stampede was reforming. Right. And they were at the Palace Nightclub doing a show there. Uh, really? Yeah, and wow. uh, and it was a and it was a thing for Stu Hart, and I went down. Even though I had to leave, I couldn't stay for the whole card because I had to go catch a pl an airplane. Right. But uh, I went down and uh, I watched maybe two matches, and then I bought like five VHS tapes, an entire set of Stampede Wrestling, the wow. best of Stampede, and I still have it and a VCR. Um, <laughs> I still watch these. Um, there was this guy named Bob Johnson. And um, he's a, uh, a guy that is an errand boy for the hearts. Okay. And he's running the uh, the merchandise thing. And I bought a T-shirt and the D and the uh, the movies. And then uh, Diana Hart came out, who is the British Bulldog's wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, she came out, and we had a conversation. She's like, "Do you want to meet Davy Boy?" I'm like, "Ah, uh, yes." So then she brings over a British Bulldog after he comes out of the washroom because he was eating wings and he had to wash his hands off, but he had wing sauce all over his shirt. Yeah. He's very messy eater. And uh, I got a picture <laughs> with them there in Stampede. So fast forward to this year, I go to a wrestling show and the British Bulldog's son, Harry Smith, is now wrestling. That's right. And, and he looks just like him. Yeah, too. he does. And he's bigger than him. And yeah. he's, to be honest, I think he's a better wrestler. Uh, his 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 move set is amazing. Yeah, I saw him wrestle in Vancouver. Yeah, and he uh, I was really impressed. I saw him two matches here at the What Culture um, 
tournament they're having a what culture is a website or not a website it's actually a youtube channel right they produce their own wrestling and they've been doing a tournament uh in every country and now they're taking all the countries and they're making a final tournament cool so for the canadian tournament it was here in toronto and uh so the british bulldog had two great matches against mike elgin big mike and uh from uh, new japan and ring of honor and uh who else did he wrestle oh uh, frankie the mobster from montreal right he's a beast and uh but i went up to him afterwards and i was like got an autograph I brought the picture of me and his parents for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, he want to see a picture of your parents and me from 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm did, a did, he think, did he think it was cool? He's like, where was this? I was like, Palace Nightclub in Calgary 99. He's like, I was there that night. I was like, yeah, I know. Like, you know but i just like his dad's dead i thought maybe he wants to see a picture of his dad yeah 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 you know? and uh i think it's neat i think it's neat when you can do that. i bet you thought that was neat i hope so i yeah. mean, probably thought that's neat but guy's also a fucking loser look at him he's 43 get him the fuck away from me <laughs> <laughs> in this industry in comedy we run into people all the time and celebrities and such and stuff mm-hmm. like that and i'm fine but yeah. wrestlers, I get a little nervous around. Like, because it is, it's like it's attached to your childhood, mm-hmm. so they 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 never lose that you know like superhero kind of sheen. No, right? it's so true. And like, I am that guy from that YouTube video where it's like, God damn, but it's real to me, <laughs> which it isn't real to me, but it is real to me. Like, of it's real entertainment. That's what it is to me. Well, and that's something that I got away from. You know, is uh, how good of entertainers these guys are. Oh yeah, they have to do everything, whether it be improv, comedy. Yeah action martial arts yeah uh like athletics like all into one and like, they have to do this is the thing that always blows my mind because i know some guys who are wrestlers and they have to go on the road the same way that comedians do but they have to stay in immaculate shape yes they can't be like us on the road no like the hours like like we're up early today at 11 30 uh, sure yeah exactly <laughs> you know? yeah but they're up like Seven in the morning, working out, you know, like and they, they can't, uh, you know, they can't be eating after the show, eating garbage and drinking, and because that's gonna, it's gonna really weigh on them because they're doing, you know, yeah, Friday in this town, Saturday in this town, Sunday in that town, and uh, that's what blows my mind. And it's so can, hard to eat properly when you're on the road and you're dealing with yeah. performing a uh, performer schedule hours. Yeah, because and, there's nothing open. At, at midnight or at 11.30 at night, no. that's going to be like, can I get a skinless chicken breast and some uh, boiled, steamed, like, broccoli. steamed broccoli? Yeah, exactly. Well, and the the, uh, the other thing that also like boggles my mind is that, you know, when I was a kid, I knew, you know, it's sold as this is this is all spontaneous. And but, uh, you know, you kind of realize, OK, it's all prearranged. Mm-hmm. But. It's not in that these guys, they just meet the night of the of the match. They yeah. don't, it's not they haven't met and had a dress rehearsal and all this stuff. So that to me is so frightening because they're doing these high flying things and they're trusting somebody they just met. Yeah. And uh, that's bonkers. Because if you saw Cirque du Soleil, you know, and you were like, oh, those two just met this afternoon and they're tossing each other through the air yeah they'll be throwing the trapeze artists all through the air (laughs) yeah yeah and catching so that 
like when I learned that, I couldn't, I, honestly, I couldn't believe it. Like I couldn't believe that these people were this high functioning athletic and also, like you said, like brilliant improvisers and able to work with, uh, you know, complete strangers. And not only that, in a live environment usually, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like it, it, it is quite, it's quite amazing. Like, you know, Vincent Mann says, you know, it's, Whenever it happens live, it's all you always meant to do it. Whether it happens, whether it's a mistake or not, right. it's live. So you just own it and you keep going forward. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, I always find that very interesting. I, you know what else I find very interesting, and 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 people may who who've never been to live wrestling wouldn't know maybe, but how well behaved the crowds are. Oh yeah, like, because they're very respectful. Yeah, but at the same time, they want to do their chants. Sure. Especially in an indie show that there's clap alongs. It's like, oh, it's yeah. a whole, there's no cheerleading, but it's like a cheerleading session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and know? it's also, uh, you know, people aren't throwing things. They're no. not, they're not spitting on the, there's, there's none of the things that you would think as an outsider. Cause the first time that I went to go see a live match, I was, I was like, oh, what is this crowd going to be like? What kind of, yeah, you know, rough and tumble kind of people. And it's not, it's mostly uh, parents there with their kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's mostly like a fun loving. <laughs> I, I actually, there's a woman earlier this year. Uh, so there's this great Canadian wrestler and, uh, may, and I'm a very pro Canadian when it comes to wrestling and, and Canadian wrestlers. I love them all. So Kevin Owens is his name mm -hmm. and he's walking to the ring and there's a kid with a Roman Reigns shirt on and the kid wants to like shit, slap his hand or something like that. So he says to the kid, no, I don't like, I'm not touching your hand or whatever. He goes, I don't like you. You have a Roman Reigns shirt on. You're a loser. If we're buying his shirt, you know, get out of here. And he was just full on mean to the yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's the bad guy. He's supposed to. That's how you do it. And so the mother wrote a letter and a blog and it went viral about how wrong it is. You know, my kid has been looking, he's favorite wrestler and he's looking forward to this and all that. And then for some reason, she throws in her, her mother was there and she's recovering from leukemia. And right. I'm like, I'm like, well, why does that has nothing to do? It puts a little, it just puts a little dramatic like, sauce. Oh, she's on just it. trying to spin it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, and it's like, yeah. Well, you know what? Your kids shouldn't be bothering bad guy wrestlers. Yeah, and also, you know, you do have to learn at some point that that's that's it's how it. Yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, oh. you can't. <laughs> The bad guy's going to try and sell how bad he is. Yeah. yeah. Now, there are some bad guys that break character and be like, I'm sorry, I'm just a character. And that happened. Sure. That's happened recently with Baron Corbin, this wrestler, who is not a real Corbin, by the way. There's only one Corbin in wrestling that matters, and that's here on Talking Wrestling. Sorry. <laughs> I don't like right. Baron Corbin because he uses my name. Sure. And he doesn't, he's, not, that's not, he's not a Baron. And he's not a Corbin. Are you sure he's not a Baron? Well, I'm pretty sure there's no royalty. Maybe like a Burger Baron. Okay. Right. There's like three Burger Barons left out west. They're all in the shittiest of towns. <laughs> like, oh, Fairview still got a Burger Baron. Burger Baron. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like a burger. I don't. It's like it's a burger place with nobody in there. It's Baron. There's like <laughs> burger, <laughs> comma Baron. Baron. Yeah. Burger Baron. If you like eating burgers and you like eating burgers alone. Burger Baron. <laughs> yeah, if you like a lot of sh elbow room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if you Baron. like nobody if you like nobody stealing your fries, Burger Baron is the place for you. <laughs> 
it's insane. So let's talk a little bit about um, the Fringe there this week. Sure. You had a great run. And uh, so without spoiling your show, how would you describe it? Uh, It's basically like it was a joke amongst friends. Like what if you could do a show and send the show and have somebody else be the body of of the show? And uh, that's how the show kind of started. I said... I'm going to do that. That I'm going to do that show because it's one of those jokes. You know, sometimes like when comedians are joking. Yeah. That somebody will latch on and go, no, I'm actually going to. That's a good one. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And yeah. But usually in those conversations, the comedian that says that is not the comedian that came up with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I'm going to do that. No, you're not. I'm the one that said it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Fuck face. That's true. Uh, And yeah, so it was just like, that was the conversation about, uh, because we were talking about, it is very expensive to go to do a fringe festival. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, so that was kind of the, the beginning of it was, oh, what if you could record a show or live stream a show was kind of the original idea mm. and and put that screen on somebody's face and yeah. then have them be the body in the room and then it just kind of started uh, developing from there and then I actually did that show so and it, it is it is great like I said it's very uh I think it's reminiscent of like Andy Kaufman and something that he, he was would do. Yeah, absolutely. And I've always been a huge uh, Kaufman fan. And like I said, um, when I started getting into comedy, you're trying to find, like I said, it's like in high school when you're trying to discover what your music tastes are and who you like musically. Yeah. So you start going through like the history of music, like all, like all the bands that I listened to in high school, it's crazy. Cause I'm just like educating myself. Like what is Bob Dylan about? And what is Led right. Zeppelin about? And you're These trying not, to like, who they, am I? Who am I yeah, in like, relation to I, this? Yeah. What am I going to, who's going to like, what am I going to identify with? Yeah. It turns out Van Halen was the band. That, is that right? Oh yeah. Like people know me for being like a, Anything that I I'm, guess you're wearing a Van Halen shirt yeah, right, right now. now. Yeah. My my wardrobe consists of Van Halen shirts and wrestling tees. What do you like about Van Halen? What 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 does it for you about it's, Van Halen? It's just a, a mixture of the brilliant, fast, innovative guitar playing with uh, combined with a, a really good percussion sound with a lot of cymbals yeah. and uh, amazing harmonies two kick-ass lead singers that they've had that I like absolutely love them each for their own individual like David Lee Roth you know I feel like I could have David Lee Roth on this podcast and we could talk about wrestling because he's done on his webisode he's done like two episodes on wrestling sure and not only that he was influenced by wrestling by the way he dressed right like like no actually no that's wrong no the way he dressed influenced wrestling the oh, Rock okay. and Roll Express basically just dressed like David Lee Roth. That is true. They the, yeah. the way David Lee Roth dressed, and then there's certain outfits I can show you Roth in. You're like, yeah, he looks like Ricky Morton. <laughs> you know, um, you know. So I love that, and I love just Van Halen. Eventually, I just like anything that I like. I'm a fan of. I'm fairly passionate about. Right. And that and that and that's the way I became an Andy Kaufman. So when I okay. when I stumbled across Andy Kaufman, I started watching videos of him and started getting intrigued about it. And then you know you realize this guy loves wrestling and he loves, loves comedy. It. Yeah. And and it's just like every year 
I tweet at the WWE and I tweet at Jerry Lawler and I say, why the fuck isn't Andy Kaufman in the WWE Hall of Fame? That's a very good question. I'm like, you have a celebrity wing, although I don't even put him in a celebrity wing. I think he belongs with the wrestlers. He Lo- did, yeah. He had a year-long career in Memphis where he wrestled many matches. Right. Not just the big one against Jerry Lawler that everybody remembers. He, he turned face, right. and then he flipped heel again. Yeah. He had Jimmy Hart as a manager. You know, oh, he, I didn't know he had Jimmy yeah, Hart as a manager. He, was, he had a, wrestling, a run in wrestling when Hollywood had kind of given up on him right. because of the wrestling that he was doing with women. Right. He was also the first intergender champion. And why do people have so much of a problem with that? Because that really did kind of sour a lot of people on Andy Kaufman. I, I never understood because, why. Well, it, he, and, and that's all he was doing. Like, when he would go and talk to us, he's like, I'm just playing bad guy wrestler. That's why his whole thing was like, the women belong in the kitchens, peeling the carrots, yeah, yeah. scrubbing the pans. And then he challenged a woman to come and beat him. Yeah. And it was like, you know, and at times there were women that possibly could beat him. But sure. the whole thing was, this, he used to have to duct tape his penis down because, oh, he, yeah, because he got really horny wrestling women. Sure. And if they were hot. As he's wrestling them, he would ask them out and be like, hey, do you want to go out for drinks maybe after this is all done? I wonder if that ever worked. I think it did because, yeah, women love celebrities. Huh? And, true. you know, you're already wrestling with them. Yeah, I guess you're already, if you you're already, already wanted gone on stage. that far. Yeah, yeah. Like, you then, wanted the attention <laughs> already at that point. Yeah, right. Now you're going to get a date with the star of Taxi? Right. Are you yeah, kidding yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, Like, it's, you're already wrestling him. That's true. Like, yeah. Uh, that, that Thank is you the... very much, you know? <laughs> Thank you very much. But everything that Andy did, like, Andy was the first one where I realized, oh, my God, he's just applying wrestling philosophy towards comedy. Yeah. Like, Tony Clifton. Yeah. Tony Clifton is just, he kept kayfabe with Tony Clifton for his entire career. Yeah. Tony Clifton would show up on The Muppets or on Letterman, and people would not know they would think it's Andy Kaufman. Right. But the fact is, a lot of times it was Bob Zamuda. Right. They would they would double up. And and, and he still shows up to this day, uh, Tony Clifton at yeah. that thing. And, and is it yeah. Andy? I don't know. Nobody but will I'm going to say know. it's probably Bob Zamuda. But it might even be a third guy by It could be point. a third you know guy by I mean? this point. Like, it's gone on for so long and like, it's still happening. Yeah, like the Jerry Lawler Letterman incident that is like one of the greatest 25 moments of television as voted by Time magazine. Sure. Or voted or declared by Time, whatever. Yeah. That that moment was like still like aired as long as Adamant was on, that ladder that that moment was always aired as like that was one of the greatest moments in Letterman history. Sure. And the fact is is you know in order to get a celebrity involved with wrestling now, you have to pay them or promote. Right. That's not Andy. Andy loved wrestling for wrestling. Yeah. And it was his idea to do that on the main stage of NBC. Like, I'm going to bring this to the public. Yeah, this is, and I'm going to lock it into the mainstream kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and this was after the fight and after all the stuff. And it was just so great. And, it, you know, and Jerry and they planned that to do it this way. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, actually, it wasn't even a plan. Andy just said, what if you hit me? Right, yeah, And yeah. then they just left it at that. And Jerry's like, okay, he's flipping the script. I got it. You know, and wow. Jerry hit him so hard. But I was like, 
What other celebrity has done that for professional wrestling without oh. being paid? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, you know, nobody. May- maybe Mr. T. Well, I'm not going to knock Mr. T because that's the whole guy. Like I said this the last episode, the whole guy or, or one of the previous episodes, Mr. T is the reason why I got into wrestling because he came out of the crowd to help Hulk Hogan. Right. And I was a huge A-team fan. Yeah. But I didn't like wrestling. So, oh, so this was your, that was your gateway. That was my moment that I liked wrestling. Once Mr. T got involved, I found right. out Hulk Hogan was, and then I became a Hulkamaniac. But it's like he would have been one of those gateway people for a lot of people. I, I think so. You. Oh, totally. He yeah. brought more on. Same with Cindy Lauper. That's right. You Cindy Lauper. Yeah. It was Cindy Lauper and Mr. T that really brought in the eyes into the whole rock and wrestling connection. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, it's crazy because that's history, you know, like, you know, Cindy Lauper took a kick to the head from Roddy Piper, you I know. Yeah, there's wow. Roddy Piper kicks her in the head on the on the apron. Yeah, I don't know if it was intentional. Probably but, not. You know, she sold it like it was really. Ha- and I don't. Maybe Cindy Lauper has that passion too towards wrestling, like Andy did. I'm I'm guessing there had to be some sort of win, unless they didn't. Maybe they just hired her. Well, I and don't it was know. in the '80s too. It was like this. It was this new thing yeah. for a lot of people, and it was like this bizarre, flashy, flamboyant thing. So there was. You know, people like Cindy Lauper and like uh, Andy Warhol was, oh, yeah. was into it, and and I think like there was uh, kind of like in the seventies there was this like real celebrity thing around like porno movies, yeah. and like celebrities were like going to porno theaters and watching Deep Throat, yeah. And I feel like it was that same kind of thing. Like, what is this weird culture? And let's all get a piece of it, and yeah. uh, and that's how it kind of. St- blew up and blew up you oh know? totally and it's totally how it blew up like wrestlemania that's was all started on basically mr t and right. and cindy lopper um do you think all wrestlers tape down their penises because i feel like how come the those things they're not flopping and flipping everywhere there must be some sort of container oh, there, they, they, there there have been balls that have escaped in the past <laughs> and really? yeah there are incidents where a ball escapes the tights or something like that oh, i've heard dear. incidents about it but you know you never see boners in the ring no but you feel like that probably would happen just by the nature of you know erections they don't care especially if you're wearing the <laughs> yeah especially if you're wearing yeah. the tights like not, yeah. not like the trunks i mean like the little speedos That's, yeah absolutely like i uh, why have i never seen that is it be, it do they wear like another thing underneath that's keeping everything compact cuz you don't even really you know, when you look at a wrestler, you don't even see, you don't see anything no. down there. And that's, obviously, that's by design. But how do they do that? I how have do no they idea. do that, Casey? This, you know, if I was to ask one wrestler this question, it would probably be Lanny Poffo. Leaving Lanny Poffo? Leaving because yeah. he, he's famous for having the biggest dick in wrestling. Bigger than Hulk Hogan? Bigger than Hulk Hogan. Really? Yes. Wow. And that's maybe what made him the genius. <laughs> but so uh, he must have t- because the, you know I've seen him wrestle and I know that you wouldn't know. No, I, I would not know that he had the biggest wiener in wrestling, in wrestling. especially by watching him wrestle. Right. But then you know, <laughs> and like because he wasn't very like you know he's a very flamboyant wrestler and with his poems. Do you, th- do you think he was anybody's favorite 
wrestler? No kid liked Leaping Lanny Poffo. Well, nobody ever threw the Frisbees back. <laughs> well, that's true. So it's not so, like Wrigley Field or anything like that where you, so you hit a home run, you throw the ball back. Like, <laughs> like I love that Leaping Lanny was like a squash guy. Yeah. He was a jobber. But he got he got a moment in the sun. Like, why is this jobber so special? He gets the microphone, and he would, would write poems. Yeah, with Nita wrote it's a like poem. it's like because his fucking brother's the Macho Man. All right, that's why he gets this yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah, he gets more airtime because yeah, and his poems would always be like. If I was on Piper's Pit, I think it would be the best. I'd probably dress up and wear my favorite family crest. <laughs> so he would do poems and then they were also terrible. Actually, uh, I think I have. I probably could pull one up on my phone. Yeah. I keep some of his poetry um, for <laughs> moments. Close to your heart? Yeah, because some of his poetry is beautiful. And, um, you know, you think it's, is this poem going to be on the level of like, what, an Andrew Dice Clay? No, it's going to be much deeper than that. And I'm pretty sure I have one about Piper's Pit here on my phone. But like, why would he think that, you know, hey, kids are really going to go in for this guy? Who writes soliloquies? Who doesn't love a, a an afro? A man with an afro. Did he have an afro? Yeah, he had a ridiculous afro and a porn stash. He had a mustache. I remember yeah. he had a mustache. Okay, yeah, here we yeah. go. Here's a uh, poetry by Leaping Lanny Apollo. <clears throat> Piper's Pit. To be a guest on Piper's Pit, the greatest thrill of all. It's almost as exciting as watching paint dry on the wall. Now, he's not even getting beat up at this point. Right. Piper doesn't even care. (laughs) The cowboy stands behind you watching every move you make. He looks about as friendly as a poisonous rattlesnake. (laughs) He's really good at rhyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You realize that, like, this is the... John Cena made made himself as the doctor of thugonomics. Right. Just rapping. He basically stole Poffo's gimmick. He did. He just didn't do it as eloquently. Because, yeah, because uh, Poffo was a thinking man's he wrestler. He was. Oh, listen to these verses. <laughs> He's paid to be his bodyguard because it would be a mess should Piper get knocked off his feet. We'd all look up his dress. Ah, the old Scottish. Now, right yeah, now, yeah, a couple sure. fans in the front row are getting excited. Yeah. Because if they know the poem's almost over, a frisbee's <laughs> coming their way. <laughs> uh, just get to the frisbee, Papo. Just toss that, toss that, <laughs> toss that poem away. <laughs> Throw that poem at me. So gather around me, wrestling fans, and fight for what is fair. Piper's pit is pitiful. Let's take it off the air. There it is. And then it's like, ding, ding, ding. One, two, three. Poffo loses. <laughs> that was like, his poems were longer than most of his matches. That's a good Poffo, by the way, that you do. Thank you, you. I'm sure you've been complimented on I've, it before. I, I, this is the first time I've done it on the show. It's really, really good. I've worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say for when we have Jason Sensation on, it'd be like, oh, sure, you do Owen Hart and The Undertaker and Brad. But can you do Lanny Poffo? Yeah, I feel, but like, now that you've road tested it, I think it's ready for, I think it's ready for the big show. <laughs> Sensation, you get ready. No, um, I was a fan. I loved Poffo when they paired him up with Mr. Perfect. Then they made him the genius. Right. And a lot of people don't know, like, he, he wore a cap and gown. But a lot of people don't know this. Their father, Angelo Mosca. No, let me get that. Okay. 
Look at people. I'm not a wrestling expert. I'm just a fan. And a lot of times, I, uh, I get cheebed up before the show. Get on the ganja, you know? It's going to be legal here in Canada, so don't judge America. So a lot of times, I forget things or I mix things up. And I say things that are wrong. Angelo Mosca clearly is not uh, their father. Okay. Their father is Angelo Poffo. 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 Yeah, you would think Poffo. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Angelo Poffo. It's a, definitely a Poffo. Okay. So anyways, their father, uh, Mr. Poffo, mm-hmm. that's how we're getting around it. Uh, he, he used to wrestle and their mom used to wrestle too. And uh, Poffo's gimmick was he used to come into Pomp and Circumstance, which right. was the Macho Man's theme music. Yeah. So Macho Man took that from his dad. And then um, he used to always wear a cap and gown because he was like an intellectual. Yeah. And then that's where Lanny Poffo took that from when he had time. He took it from his father. Oh, so that was his dad's That's gimmick That's kind before. of what his dad's gimmick oh, was. You know? okay. So the genius was great, but if you ever go back and you watch the genius, the Mr. Perfect genius um, uh, uh, vignettes, there's always like a gay undertone to the genius. Like that he's gay with Miss, like Mr. Perfect That he's Perfect gay for Mr. Perfect. Oh, sure. Well, who but, wouldn't be? Yeah, well, Mr. It's Mr. Perfect. Yeah, he like, was. He's he perfect was, in every way. In every way. Yeah. And uh, so there's, uh, when you watch these vignettes, it's always like Mr. Perfect will bend over and then Lanny Poffo will be like, oh, <laughs> you know, like cover his mouth up yeah, and do yeah. some sort of little girly thing. And he had bangs. You know, he went from an afro to bangs. Bangs, nice. And then Lanny Poffo, when W, when that's Macho, what I remember him having was the bangs, like a feathered and the feather, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when when Macho Man went to WCW, of course Lanny Poffo and his pack your frisbees, you're going to, you're coming with, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he went to WCW. They just paid him and did not show up. They were like, you, we appreciate that your brother is here. Yeah, but you're. Well, no, they actually they said we're gonna make you the new gorgeous George, and oh, then really? yeah, and then Macho Man started dating a stripper, and uh, they made her the gorgeous George. Ah, <laughs> well, well, there you go. So yeah, so that's that. The uh, I was talking to a friend of mine because for a long time uh, I would do the show called Ring a Ding Dong Dandy. Yeah, which is a, a, a line from Ed Whalen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The, There's the, a function at the junction, folks. <laughs> exactly. And they, these are these five stampede uh, videos have taught me all that. Yeah, yeah. It's so going to be a ring-a-ding-dong dandy. And he uh, he had this really nasally voice. He it's did. It's going to be a ring-a-ding-dong dandy. He was like, oh, my God, that Mongolian stopper. <laughs> and... Uh, we would we would watch these old clips and they were, you know and then comment on them during the show and uh, I was talking with a friend of mine that because you were talking about the kind of gay undertone yeah that's been a part of wrestling since the very beginning this kind of the the gay character that like gorgeous George he was like a flamboyant flamboyant and it's the undertone was like this is a gay guy and yeah. And that, that's been a part of wrestling since the very beginning. Yeah. They're going to make the bad guys, uh, you're going to make you hate them because uh, they know you're racist. Yeah. They yeah. know you're prejudiced. Yeah. 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 So we're going to take a stereotype and make a stereotype a bad guy. Yeah. You know, uh, whether it be a gay person or a person of color. Yeah. Or a person of ethnicity. Yeah. Or like, you know, you know whoever uh, America happens to be at war with. Yeah. At the time, then that that country will be the the bad guy. The bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, my friend was fascinated by this, and I was like, no, it's always been that way. There's always been a character who's been like, 
you know, overly obsessed with their looks and has kind of like beautiful hair. Yeah. And then during matches, we'll kind of grab at the other guy and uh, the crowd goes berserk for it. Yeah. But that's always been. That's like, I feel like even up to present day, that's still. Goldust uh, is still wrestling. That's right. Yeah. And Goldust was. Is he a man? Is he a woman? What is this thing? Right. He's just gold dust. And, and then what who, is he like? Who is gold dust's uh, progeny? Was uh, he was with well, Marlena? Right. Was the girl? Right. Yeah. But who is his like offspring? Was oh uh, gold? Uh, his dad was Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, and then, and then his brother is Cody Rhodes, who was also Stardust. Stardust. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, and that's uh, the other thing too is like. Uh, you were talking before the show that you love Kiss. Yeah. And Kiss, Kiss and is wrestling. Very much so. Because that's like, they, they the, especially the 80s wrestling, that all came from glam. Yeah. You know, glam rock. Yeah. And uh, like you say, like there's all these uh, characters that are right out of rock and roll. And I mean, the... Uh, the demolition was basically kiss or movies like sure. you talk like in your play you talk about your love for mad max yeah uh, and then the fury road but uh let's face it the road warriors are taking from the road warrior oh absolutely like they're they're people out from that movie that's what they are yeah they're the road warriors like yeah. they just took the, right out of the movie right out of the movie and i know like i remember we showed a lot of clips in the wcw had a lot of uh mortal combat inspired glacier yeah that's right glacier. was very moral it snowed when he came to the ring yeah yeah and that's <laughs> that's I am, I'm wearing suede. And glaciers are a very slow moving. They're not like, I get why they call them glacier. No, nope, it's not in Al Gore's <laughs> movies. The last three minutes is just a glacier falling apart. That's true. So, um, yeah, but glacier was not a great, he, I don't think glacier was ever a good wrestler. No, but you know, but you, WCW did have those characters that were like that. Like and, for sure. Uh, and, and they had a kiss character. Oh, did they? They had the demon. And oh, that's right. And then they released the demon. So but that was, was like, like a licensed character. Of wasn't course. It? Yeah. yeah. So Glacier, who are you wrestling tonight? Gene Simmons. <laughs> well, that's not Gene Simmons. No, it's just a guy dressed up as him. As him. Yeah. But it, it, that was like Kiss. They never met a licensing agreement they didn't like. No. So, of course. Were they ever like directly involved in wrestling? Did they? They played. A, a concert or they played a song and made an appearance on WCW and then they unveiled the demon wrestler. Right. Okay. And the demon wrestler, I think was Brian Clark who might've been, no, he wasn't. Yeah. I think it might've been Brian Clark who was, uh, I think he was Adam bomb in WCW in WWE. Oh, at one I remember point. that. I think yeah. that was him or it might've been, but why didn't the demon take out? That seems like perfect for wrestling. I don't understand why yeah, that would like, work. Yeah, it's like, how can the misfits work in WCW? The yeah. misfits wrestled. The yeah, band, yeah. they wrestled. Oh, the wrestled. actual band themselves? Yeah, like the lead wow. singer was a wrestler. Um, but yeah, Kiss couldn't get over. And don't tell me that wrestling fans don't love Kiss. But it's like, yeah. hey, I'd rather see Kiss fight the Phantom of the Park. I don't want to see them <laughs> wrestling Ric Flair. Well, yeah, maybe maybe it's an era thing because like that would they I feel like the demon would have been big in the 80s. Maybe maybe they unveiled it too late. I would think so too. Like maybe the demon should have become a wrestler when Kiss took the makeup off. 
Yeah, and that would have been great. Go. Yeah, because yeah. that would have been a great. I would pay to see Hulk Hogan fight the demon. Yeah, you know that's because then he's gonna spit blood and he's gonna spit fire. Yeah, and shoot fire and like. And he comes out in the thing, and he's you know got to take off all the the metal plates oh, and yeah. whatever you know. Yeah, like and then you know and then uh, the WWF merchandise all those yeah. things. So yeah, it would be great. But like. Do because you're you're uh, probably more in tune with the modern day wrestling. Than yeah, I, I watch I watch a ton of wrestling. Do they? Is there anybody with the makeup? Do they still? Or is that, that to, to this day? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, there's still like well, there's a lot of mass wrestlers, but as far as makeup goes, I'm just trying to think of the Tonga like ha- King Haku. He has a couple sons that are wrestling in Japan. Okay, they put makeup on their faces every now and again, but um, but there's nobody who's like you know whatever the like usos them. were the usos are haku's nephews and they were putting makeup on their faces come to think of it i don't think there's a lot of the female champion in nxt mm-hmm. she uh puts makeup on her face like a couple of little stripes here and there right but there's not like anybody that's putting putting it the face so that, on like that's, sting that's a that's a bygone era it's just not happening right now, I right. don't think. But somebody will do it at some point. You got I, you got to assume. Yeah, because there have been so many great makeup faces. They actually have this book of lists. Oh, and, yeah. And they have probably the 10 best makeup faces of all, all time. Let me see. Who would I say are my top 10 makeup faces? You, you start working on that, and I'll flip to it. Okay. I mean, for sure. I'm not going to put these in any order. This would be like the family feud. Got top 10 answers on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 100 see. people surveyed. Uh, well, Sting's, obviously. He's Sting is obviously. Sting could be on there three different times because of the different level, like the different generations of Sting and the fake, because like he used to be Surfer Sting, right. which was very colorful. And then and wasn't then, he kind of like Ultimate Warrior Sting? Well, no. Uh then he went like to be like the crow. He but like, the, wasn't his surfer style? Didn't that look very a lot much like, like the, the Ultimate Warrior. Warrior? Yeah. Well, him, him, and Ultimate Warrior came out of a tag team together. Oh, they right. actually started as a tag yeah, team yeah. called. Uh, they were on Power Team USA, and specifically, they were called the Blade Runners. Oh, so where'd they get those yeah, gimmicks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from Harrison Ford. <laughs> uh, Is he a replicant or not? I don't know. We don't know. We um, don't know. Maybe Han Solo's a replicant. Yeah. Um, hold on. So I'm still so for looking sure for Sting, for sure Ultimate Warrior. Yes, for sure Sting and Ultimate Warrior are going to be there. There's uh, two. I would say then I would go Demolition. They were like big makeup guys. They had great makeup. I do agree with that. Uh, Doink the Clown. That is a, definitely a good one, too. Yeah, that's like, me, you know, the many iterations of Doink the Clown. Who else was like a really big makeup act? Uh, what's his nuts kind of wore? He wore makeup. Kane, he was a makeup-esque guy. Then your gold dust, of course. Gold dust for sure. Hmm. Who else? I don't know. I feel like I'm stalling out now. Oh, uh, the Road Warriors. Yes. And, uh, you know, the demon. There we go. I, na- well, I think I named them all. I think I named everyone. Well, I think there's a lot of people. I'm not at the page yet, but <laughs> they're, they're definitely um, people that we are forgetting. For example, um, I don't know whether he's on the list or not, but I've always liked Papa Shango. <gasps> Papa Shango. The, 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 Good uh, call. I thought he had great makeup. 
even someone as simple as Kamala had makeup and on his body he had a, a that's true here we go top okay. 10 face painted stars all right lanny poffo read them down at number 10 yeah no uh kamala is number 10 kamala okay good okay. Now, that was a good snag by you now in wrestling today they have a guy named finn Balor. oh and, yeah i know i've heard of finn Balor. he's a great wrestler yeah but he also becomes a demon as well so finn Balor can just be finn Balor. Or he can come out as this demon, and the demon looks pretty nasty. But the whole thing is, it's like—is there a photo? There's there? a photo of the demon right there. Look at that. Oh yeah, that is spooky. He almost looks like Venom. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. Bit. Big, and big teeth. The big teeth. Yeah. And he's supposed to be scary, but I'm like, and he crawls to the ring in smoke, Ooh, and it's scary. like, oh, that's scary. But is Brock Lesnar really going to be scared by that guy? Well, Brock Lesnar's not scared of nobody. No, exactly. Um, number eight, Umanga um, um, uh, or Umanga. He's Umanga. Uh, he is. Uh, he was a Samoan wrestler. Oh yes, who wrestled yep. in his bare feet, and he had Samoan tribal tattoos. Uh, the Great Muda, number seven. The Great Muda. I mean, okay. Great Muda had great face makeup. It was always Japanese <gasps> symbols. Japanese, and it was full. nice. And then he'd spit the mist out. Yeah, amazing. Gold Dust, number six. Gold Dust had many variations. You had him. Uh, Doink the Clown. You had him as well. Okay. You also had the Ultimate Warrior at three. They have Damien six six six, a friendish superstar, brought his devilish face to the ring. Uh, I've never heard of that wrestler, but I'm going to tell you that I would put the Boogeyman. Oh, the Boogeyman! Oh, of, he I was so of, gross. He yeah. was so gross. He would eat even, worms. I don't even think he ever wrestled. But I would put <laughs> the Boogeyman ahead of Damien six six six. Ultimate Warrior, of course, legendary makeup. Yeah. It's amazing they don't even have the Road Warriors or Demolition on this list. No. It's ridiculous. Luna Vashon had good. the, the yeah. veins all over her head. Good, good and call on Luna number Vashon. one is Sting. And now, uh, I don't know, like, it's, I can see why a wrestler wouldn't want to put on makeup because it is, it would be very, very labor intensive to do that. Yeah. Night in, night out. And oh, of I, bet you, I bet you Sting uh, was over time like quite sick of putting that well that's the thing is like so um in an upcoming episode i have uh michelle shaughnessy mm -hmm. and her uh and her and her uh boyfriend i guess we can just say that uh stefan sure. brogan from degrassi snake uh, oh really yeah yeah oh, cool yeah and uh, i had them on the show and that is that episode will be airing i think in uh, two weeks or maybe or oh, who knows or maybe it was two weeks ago who i don't knows? know when this i don't yeah. know when this episode's gonna air that's i know it's fine it could that's be this fine. week it could be next week but you'll you'll be informed when it's when it's gonna air cool but um but here's the thing michelle the snake does all these comic cons right and uh and and so sting was at the last comic con and he was sitting there and i said to michelle i was like is he in full makeup He's like, yes. Of course. And I was like, she's like, what should, should I ask him anything? I'm like, ask him how long it takes to put on the makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good question. Like, what if it takes him two hours before his match? Like, guy, and then he has to do push ups and I'm stretching. Yeah. Oh, my God. But and you, he would be a guy that if I saw him without makeup, I don't think I would know. I wouldn't recognize him. Oh, I know what he looks like. Would you? Yeah. He looks like Steve, not Sting. <laughs> but. You know, like if you make your career on that, that that's part of your look, and then you don't have it. It's great. Because it know? must be great, too. It's like even with Kiss back in the day when they wouldn't let anybody know who they were without makeup. Yeah. But the thing is, is they had a double life then. They could go out and nobody would recognize them. 
But wouldn't that be the best thing in the world? I think it would be world? the best. It'd be like, you want to be a rock star. You put that makeup on and everybody loves you. Yeah, yeah. And then you just want to escape from it. You yeah, just you take put it on off. this crazy costume and then, then you just can go to the store. And yeah. nobody, you know, knows who you are. I mean, over time, I guess they got sick of that because they were like, look at our real. Yeah. Look at our faces. Yeah. Look at our super we weird be faces. Famous. Except for Paul Stanley. He's gorgeous. He is gorgeous. Yeah. One time uh, I was going to stop going to kids concerts. And then my friend uh, Peter Anthony yeah. said to me, you don't go because you don't go to hear this or this or that. You go because you want to hear what Paul Stanley's going to say between the songs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, is he going to chastise somebody for being on their phone? Or is he going to... D- Put don't- that laser pointer away! <laughs> ah, don't clap along at the wrong time. What is he going to say? Yeah, I mean, that's like, good. Oh, I'll tell you what he said one time. <laughs> he were in Toronto and Paul Stanley said... Uh, oh, people! You know what, people? He's like, I used to live in Toronto. Doing the Phantom of the Opera. Oh yeah, he, and he goes, yeah, he was. And then he goes, he goes, and I used to go drink coffee at a place called Second Cup. <laughs> and then people cheer. And then he goes, but I know what you Canadians love more than your Second Cup. <sighs> you people love your Tim Hortons. <laughs> Everybody cheers. Yeah, I'm like, why course. are people cheering? Because. He lived here. He he was amongst us. <laughs> he knows Tim Hortons. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's one of us. I've loved those Tim bits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. God bless him. For sure. Yeah, that is, well, this has been a good discussion. I'm going to be honest, people. I usually don't really prepare. Actually, no, that's totally wrong. Preparation goes into each episode, but because Graham was in town, uh, I sent him an email, yeah. and uh, I looked who was at the Fringe. I knew Graham did the Ring-A-Ding-Dong-Dandy show, which yeah. I'm really upset that I missed. Like, there was a time where Norm MacDonald, who's my favorite comedian, was not touring. And right. then he sort of started touring, doing little shows every now and again. Like, he came up to Vancouver, mm-hmm. and the first person I heard that opened for him was you. That's right. And I remember the first time I saw you, I was like... So you opened for Norm, and you were like, yeah. I was like, what was that like? And you are like, it was great. I was like, did you get to hang or have conversations? You're like, yeah. I'm like, and then I said, what did you talk about? And you said, mostly like like really old school wrestling. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I'd be so good at that conversation. Yeah, you would be, too. I was like, oh. <laughs> And I was like so jealous. I'm like, you, my favorite comedian of all time, and he wants to talk wrestling. Well, I'm te- well, you know what? If you ever in the proximity, know that he'll go for some old time wrestling talk. I can. I have no problem talking about Sweet Daddy Siki or <laughs> yeah. Bruno San Martino yeah. or Ivan Koloff or even Stu Hart. You know, yeah. I've read a lot of books. <laughs> and that's uh, and uh, he would he would love it. So there you go. You've got an instant in. Should yeah. you ever cross paths? Well, not only that, I all, we also have uh, we both started on the same stage. Oh, at, cool! At Yuck Yucks in Ottawa, yeah, the yeah. old Yuck Yucks, uh, under the same management of Howard Wagman. So Wagman, we have right. the same comedy father, right? Um, you know, uh, both of our brothers are famous newscasters for CBC. I'm just kidding, mine isn't. <laughs> I was like, really? Who's no, a, yeah, my my like, brother is. Brother? Uh, he does a. Uh, 
and, and, and I think it's an AM radio. Maybe it's FM radio. He does a radio show on uh, outdoors, mm. outdoors like fishing and stuff like that. You know, um, cool. Yeah, he's he's outdoors, Blake or Blake outdoors. Blake yeah. outdoors. That's my brother. Cool. Um, but anyway, so so it was always great because I always uh, you know whenever I come to Vancouver, I usually give you a shout whether I could do the the Havana. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, and it's always great running into you. Yeah. And again, uh, getting to see your play, which I absolutely loved. If you have if you have not seen Graham's Not Here or is it that the actual title? Yeah, Graham Clark's Not Here. Graham Clark's Not Here. Yeah. Uh, you have to go see this. Edmonton, listen up. Go see this. All right, I'm talking to you, EDM and I'm talking about Edmonton, not electronic dance music. <laughs> and Vancouver, uh, yeah, go see this show because in Vancouver, you all know Graham. You know who he is. You know about the brilliance. You have to go see the show. Graham, uh, tell us what's going on with you and where we can find you and and uh, we'll wrap this baby up. Uh, you know what? Follow me on Twitter. That's the that's where I put everything, you know, at Graham Clark. At that's Graham it. Clark yeah. on Twitter? Yeah. Really easy to find me. Very now. easy. Very easy. So yeah. that is great. I can tell you that you'll get a you'll get a request from TNW Pod. That's at TNW Pod. That's for our Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have this fringe coming up in Edmonton and yep. Vancouver as well. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, folks, uh, that has been the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it today. Uh, I've had a great time as I always do because I'm always enjoying when I love talking wrestling of course uh, you know you can always also catch Graham on CBC debaters he's a regular on that show and uh, of course his podcast uh, podcast uh, stop podcasting yourself uh, folks uh, that has been it if you want to hit us up uh, you can email us at uh, talking wrestling at gmail or uh, tweet at us TNW pod or Instagram, Talking Wrestling Podcast, all on NSN, Never Sleeps Network, also available on iTunes. If you download us on iTunes, please uh, rate, review, subscribe. One of the three, two of the three, or all three. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you listening. Thank you for clicking in, and uh, you guys have a great day. We're out of here. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.